0: Look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More than money with the Popovich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy on News Talk 770. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on News Talk 770 and more than money. Um, Faisal, there's been some recent examples of um, court decisions that affect executors of wills. Um, We talk a lot about the legacy bucket, right, and organizing it properly and the responsibilities um, of what the people named in those documents have to do, right? I don't think
1: people really understand the responsibility of an executor.
0: They don't. And sometimes we think it's an honor to be chosen, right? not an honor, it's a job, <laughs> it's and that a- job actually has responsibilities, and you can be taken to task on those responsibilities Correct. if you don't understand them. Correct. So, um, you know, in light of some of these recent decisions, we thought it might be a good example to, um, to shed some light on this, what an executor is, the roles, responsibilities, and what can happen if you don't take those roles and responsibilities seriously. And we've got a regular recurring guest of ours, Catherine Zhang, an associate at Walsh LLP, here to join us. Catherine, thanks for taking some time with us today.
2: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Can we start the conversation by you just defining an executor?
2: Yeah, an executor is somebody who is appointed uh, under a will um, to deal with a deceased person's assets. Now, if there's no will and the deceased's assets still need to be administered, um, that person can still be an executor. They'll just have to go through a court process to get appointed. Uh, And in Alberta, we use uh, a similar term. So you might hear in Alberta, executor or personal representative, and those terms are interchangeable.
1: So we've seen recent examples of court holding uh, executors to account for their investment decisions. Can you tell us a little bit about the responsibilities that are attached to something like that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, In Alberta, we've got some legislation actually that sets out uh, what executors are required to do in the event that they act for an estate. Um, And a huge one is um, accounting to beneficiaries. Uh, And where we've seen the court cases, um, you know, where personal representatives or executors get into trouble is when they fail to um, either properly document what they're doing um, or they take some liberties with respect to how they're administering the deceased person's assets.
0: Now, there are guidelines then? There's there, are there Alberta guidelines yes. around what this has to be and, and then um, to what extent, I guess, if everybody's in agreement, are those guidelines in effect?
2: Yeah, so um, in Alberta, the guideline, um, it's actually legislation called a State Administration Act that came into force in 2014. It was uh, recently amended to modernize the rules, um, and they're really set out to help the executor um, figure out what to do and what their roles and responsibilities are. And so um, part one really lays it out. They've, they've got to um, act honestly in good faith. They've got to act uh, in accordance with the deceased's intentions and the will. Uh, and um, with the care and diligence of um, somebody with ordinary prudence um, would in dealing with their assets. Um, and then obviously distributing the assets as soon as possible.
1: So, so, Catherine, let me give you a bit of an example yeah. of what I've read in a, in a case. Um, there was, I think, it was in Ontario. Um, mm. The there was a case I think in December of last year. The the courts were <laughs> emphasizing their responsibility. There was a, a trust, an, ex, an estate trustee uh, or an executor that had an estate value of over four hundred thousand dollars, primarily assets being from uh, the the deceased members. RSPs or, or retirement income fund now the it, the executor invested the money back in 2014 in energy stocks we saw what happened with energy stocks it fell um and and resulting in about $165,000 loss to the estate what right. responsibility in Alberta law does the executor have in the event of a situation where they're in, they're making the investment decisions and mm-hmm. you take a sub- substantial loss like that
2: Uh, Well, I mean, the first responsibility, uh, and I'll reference another piece of legislation for you here, um, that's laid out in our Trustee Act. Um, And I can just go over quickly. Um, They've got to invest uh, funds in property um, if the investment... um, Sorry, I'm going to roll back. They must invest the funds with the view of obtaining a reasonable return while avoiding undue risk. Um, So the way the law is set up in Alberta is... As a trustee, you're not liable to um, normal investment decisions and normal losses that would incur um, while you're administering the property. However, if you're taking undue risk, In terms of investing that property, you could be held liable if um, the courts determine that you're not a prudent investor. Uh, And so I'm aware of the case that you're talking about in Ontario. And I think in that case, um, from what I understand, the the trustee or the executor was acting in such a way where um, his risk portfolio was... 10% Ten percent medium and ninety percent high in terms of risk tolerance, and the court just took a look at that and said those percentages are clearly not acceptable and not in line with what a prudent investor would do, at, given the circumstances.
1: Okay, so let's go through the facts. Of, let's say it was in Alberta, okay, because we're yeah. going to use Alberta law, and this situation yeah. happened where the executor ha- didn't ha- didn't take prudent care over the over the uh, the portfolio. Um, right. Now there's losses.
2: Who's liable? Right. Um, Well, I think the first step would be um, if the beneficiaries would then have recourse um, to go to um, the executor and say, hey, um, you've created some losses. We don't think those are reasonable investments, and we want to take you to task. We want you to account for those. Uh, And to the extent that the court finds uh, those losses are unreasonable, um, you've got to pay out of pocket and reimburse the estate um, to ensure that the beneficiaries." Um, have not lost out because of an irresponsible act of the trustee. So let's the let's executor. just make
0: sure everybody's clear and heard that correctly. The executor, that individual, in this particular case, if it is found to be an imprudent investment, would right. be personally liable to pay back to the estate the losses that they created. Could be. Yeah.
2: Could be. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Which
1: requires the beneficiaries to take it through court. Right.
2: right. Absolutely,
1: yeah. I just wonder how many times people are not doing that. So, you know, there's three siblings, let's say. One of the siblings is an executor. They they blow up the portfolio. It goes down to, by 50% because they weren't prudent. And the other two don't do anything about it because they don't know that they could. And they don't want to take the family through court over mom and dad's money.
0: Right, yeah. Right. I mean, all, all this is predicated on the fact that there is a complaint, right? There's a dispute over this, for sure. Correct. Let's broaden it a little bit, if we can, <clears throat> Catherine, just for a second, because we've talked about the um, the investment. There's some recent cases that we all found interesting, but mm-hmm. what's the difference in general terms? As an executor, right? Ultimately, you're taking a task on whether or not you're doing a good job, or you're not doing a good job, and so there's a standard of care in there. Um, how broad is that standard of care? I know there's no definition, but but generally speaking, if you had to give the listeners, some guidelines for those that are executors right now about kind of what to do to stay on track, not create that personal liability? What would you say?
2: I mean, I think the the guideline would be what would a reasonable person be doing um, in or what would a reasonable person's expectations be with respect to getting that estate administered Uh, and so we see a lot of complaints about um, the length of time it takes to get information out to beneficiaries that's a huge one so um, I mean the rule of thumb is you want to account as soon as possible you want to provide people with information as soon as possible you want to make sure that the liabilities are being taken care of so if there are any outstanding debts in the estate when you when when you get the job when you become appointed you want to make sure that um, those liabilities are being addressed and they're not being put on the back burner uh, you know because of um, just inaction um, those are I mean the main complaints we see with executors um, and attorneys I think um, The other thing to note is the Estates Administration Act uh, ups the ante a little bit uh, for executors who may have specialized skills. So if you're an executor and you're also... A lawyer or your accountant or, um, you know, some other individual who might be reasonably expected to have more knowledge than just your regular person um, who's taking care of mom or dad's estate, uh, then you are held to a higher standard of care in Alberta. So that's uh, that's something I think um, a lot of people don't quite know yet and aren't quite aware of. uh, But if you are a professional, you you will be held to higher standard of care here.
1: I think yeah. by listening to this, Dave, that people need to realize that when they're selecting somebody as an executor, that they be better be able to do this work. And if you're
0: accepting being an executor, you better be prepared to do this a work. A lot of people don't know. No I'll exactly. be honest with
1: you. I, you know, there's there's people who had no clue they're going to be an executor until they've been told by the will that, hey, surprise, Good point. you're the executor. So that, give, Catherine, that gives you a chance to kind of either bow out or hire somebody else. Is that correct? That's
2: correct.
0: Okay. But you have to make that decision up front, Correct. right? Yeah. yeah, you can. Okay, Catherine, listen, we've run out of time. I appreciate it. I know we're covering a lot of material in a very, very short period of time, but we appreciate your input as always.
2: Okay, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: We've been joined by Catherine Zhang, an associate at Walsh LLP, or, uh, LLP here in Calgary. Okay, um upcoming seminar.
1: Yeah, on Tuesday, May 16th, 7 p.m. at the Crowfoot Co-op Wine and Spirits. How do you protect your estate? How do you make sure you have no health issues uh, from a financial perspective? How do you make sure you profit and protect in these types of markets? And how do you make sure that you have income for the rest of your life? We're going to discuss that again on Tuesday, May 16th, 7 p.m. at the Crowfoot Co-op Wine and Spirits. You need to reserve your seats. Give us a call at 966-8400, 966-8400, or go to our website to register at morethanmoneyradio.com.
0: Stay tuned after the break to hear about what you should do if your millennial children are still leaning on you for support, and that's to help them become more independent. You're on Newstalk 770 and more than money.